I'm Brett Coleman, and you're listening to the Sounds of the Loom podcast. morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host, Steve McPherson. With me is Callum Williams. And Cal, oh wait, this is the same question I had last week. I forgot to change the question up. <laughs> it was going to be, what are your feelings in the wake of the season? But we already talked about that. So let's say, let me, uh, we, mostly we're going to talk about the, the, the playoffs uh, mm. and what has happened so far. Uh, we had uh, the, the knockout round, and now we have had the first leg of the conference semis. Uh, we'll get into a little bit about what each, about some of the things that stuck out. But overall, uh, what has been your feeling about this, this early going of the playoffs? It's like it is every other year, but on steroids. It's just carnage. You said carnage to me. I, I mean, I didn't lie to you. This, yes. this is what the MLS playoffs are all about. It is unbridled, ridiculous carnage. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's brilliant. <laughs> I'm taking off my cape. I'm wearing a I cape. I was going right to say, now. we need to talk about your cape first. Yeah, so, it's kind of pulling on my uh, neck. So um, Where did you get it from? It was in the, I think it was a concept that was not made. Uh, it's a, it's actually a wraparound blanket. It's like, it's sort of <laughs> fleecy on the inside. It's like a hoodie. Okay. So it's got a hood and then you wrap it around your neck and then you can button it. It's very comfy. It makes me, I sit, I'm sitting at my desk. I want to fall asleep. So are they available to the public? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's a one of a kind. It was just offered to me because we couldn't find. Um, so here at the office, uh, our, uh, one of, one of our coworkers, Tyson Hill, um, we have uh, Tyson Hill uh, Hoodie Tuesday, mm. uh, which is, you know, wear your MNUFC hoodie in honor of, of Tyson, um, who enjoys a good hoodie. Yep. And uh, I forgot today. So I'm wearing I'm wearing the half zip, which is kind of hoodie-ish. Ish. But yep. it doesn't have a hood. Uh, and so we were looking for another hoodie I could wear. I did try on, I tried on a women's 2X uh, sweatshirt, which actually fit rather well, except that it only came to about my belly button on the way down. So, uh, so it was sort of a crop top, which wasn't a great look. Uh, so Katie Burke, our merch uh, manager went digging in this drawer and, and pulled out this cape. So now I can, I can have a hood and uh, gallivant about the office like Darkwing Duck. So is my plan. I mean, yeah, I think you should do that. You really <laughs> should do that. By the way, I hate hoodies. Really? I really hate hoodies, yeah. Wow, okay. I, We're going to put just... a pause on the MLS playoff action. <laughs> Tell me about your problem with hoodies, because they. I would say if I had to pick one item of clothing to wear for the rest of my life, it would be a hoodie. Now, if you're in your uh, apartment house, whatever, if you're in your home confines okay. and you're wearing a hoodie, sure, no problem at all. Right. I prefer a, a fleece. Sure. I prefer... Um, You're wearing you know, a lovely what, sweater. Uh, the sweater-esque type what, thing. What do they call those in, in England? Do fleeces. They call them sweater, fleeces. fleeces okay. yeah. I mean, because this isn't really a sweater to me because it's got that sort of half zip, half button thing. Yes, okay. You know, sweater right. is you've either got a v-neck or a crew neck or whatever, you know. So this is a step down in formality from sweater. I, th- I think so, okay. yeah. It's a little I think more so. casual. Okay. Um, but hoodies, um, I just, I, 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 it's probably not the fact that I don't like hoodies. I just don't like hoods. Okay. Because they just... They, they insinuate you are up to no good. <laughs> Maybe you are. Just, they're just, they are just the epitome of mischief. Okay. And I just want to be like, take your hood off. What are you doing? 
Yeah. What are you doing? Took your hood off. Yeah. Like, you, you, you look like a hoodlum. You look like a, someone who's going to cause a problem. It's, um, it's odd because I, uh, I feel like I didn't wear a lot of hoodies before I moved to the Twin Cities. Um, but I feel like they were very popular um, in the Twin Cities when I moved here, which is 2004 or so. Um, they've remained fairly popular, but, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I wore more sweaters, uh, mm -hmm. before, uh, but man, a good zip up hoodie. I have this one North face one that I love that has sort of the high, you know, you sort of zip it up and it's got like, like, like I can't remember what the name for it is, but it covers your mouth. And so the hood's a little smaller. Right, right. Uh, and it's just a great, it's a great flexible option for the weather here. I feel like, mm -hmm. because it gives you a modicum of protection against snow or rain. Um, you know, you can combine it with the jacket. Uh, without it being too bulky. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just, you know, there's something about, I mean, my wife will attest, like my closet is 90% hoodie, I think. Correct. And every time I get a new hoodie, she's just like, oh, another another hoodie. Right? <laughs> is that how this is going to be? So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I love a good hoodie. You, so. You're okay to disagree. I just, this is my, I, I just don't like hoodies. I, I understand their purpose. especially. Now, do you, you, know, you don't like them for yourself or do you, do you see other people wearing a hoodie and you're like, you 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 said you feel like it makes them look like they're up to no good. So yes. If the, hood, if, it, if the hood's up. What yeah. if the hood's down? Do you have? I think it looks sloppy. Okay. And that's that's fine if if people, um, you know, are wearing it and they are casual and whatnot and they're sure. hanging out somewhere. Even you know, it wouldn't be my choice. But even if you're at a bar somewhere or whatever and you got a hoodie on, sure, whatever. All right. You know, but I just. Yeah, for me, as I said, if the hood's up, it looks like you're up to no good. If the hood's down. I just don't like the way the hood hangs. It just looks. Sloppy. I just don't. But this is now, just do you have me. a phobia of the hood? Is, is it almost sounds like no. maybe you have a little like a <laughs> hoods. Look, hoods are great. Okay. For when it's obviously crap into them rain and whatnot, right. you know, and and that's right. I I completely uh, get why you would have it there. Okay. But I just think you know people walking around with a hoodie. I, I just look. It's a personal preference. I just don't like hoodies. And, All right. You well, know, when I'm walking around with a hoodie, I'm going to feel judged by you, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, all right, back to the playoffs. Uh, let's just start talking about some of the stuff that I got to see that I that I thought was really fun. Uh, now I had um, I have children, uh, and this makes it a little tough for me to necessarily catch uh, full games. Yep. Uh, so I like to go on on to MLSsoccer.com the next day and go through everybody's uh, I'll go through the highlights and and get some feedback on stuff if, if there's some game I particularly want to catch like uh, I'll try to watch the replay let's talk about Demir Krylock's crane kick uh, goal at LAFC because that was fun that was ridiculous so me being so I don't have children <laughs> yes and me being the complete footballing nerd that I am I watched both the knockout games and I sat on Sunday and watched all four yeah. of the games. And you my eyes were like this. squares like at the nine, end. Nine hours of... It was amazing. Yeah. It was a great couch day. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I was. What I will say is I was also doing a few chores at the same time, but it was on the TV. It's great to fold laundry and watch soccer. This, right. is, a, this is a fantastic combination, I found. So, um, uh, I mean, the but going back to your question, Steve, the, the Krylak goal... I think he's been nicknamed the Karate Kid, hasn't he? Um, yeah. For obvious reasons. If you haven't seen it, go and look at it. It's amazing. Probably if you just search Crylock, it's probably the first thing that probably. comes up at this point. Probably. So. Um, just, just the sheer audacity to even try that. Yeah. It's. It, it looks a bit awkward when it comes to him because it's at an awkward height. The 
the direction that the ball's coming to him, he's obviously right-footed. So the way he hits it, he sort of... It's like his body crumbles up a little bit. Yeah. And his arms go down to his sides because he knows he has to hit it straight. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, if he sort of leans to the left or... You know, he had a couple of players closing him down as well, so he knows he can't really take a touch as well. So it, it's tremendous improvisation. It really, really is. Yeah. I still don't think it's the best goal so far that we've seen in the playoffs, but it, it's the most unusual goal, hence why it's going to get all the attention it deserves. Yeah. I mean, it's nice because it's one of those moments where... Um you know, it's one of the let's take this to the dunk contest in the NBA, right? The dunk contest in the NBA is is a moment where you you get to plan what you want to do, and you sort of the I think that guys don't practice it as much as people think. I think a lot of guys like to just go in there and sort of fly by the seat of their pants. But mm. I know players will go in there and sort of rehearse what they're going to do. They sort of need to plan out the script a little bit, and it's thrilling when they pull one of those off. But that's like planning. Uh, I like dunks where it's just, you know, the improvisation of the moment. Like, the circumstances force you to make a solution that you have to figure out in the moment how to do that. And so, like, I don't know if, if Krylak has ever kicked a ball that way <laughs> before on purpose. I can't imagine so. You know, like, I don't think it's a thing you prepare for, but it's like, as you're saying, as he's reading the situation, the ball's coming back out, guys are closing him down. It, it, because of the position of the ball in his body, he's not going to be able to round on it. Like, he's not going to be able to get around to sort of do this, the side volley or something like that. And to kick it that way, to sort of give it that, it doesn't have a ton of curve, you know. Like, it's not like some of the, some some amazing goals that sort of curve around the keeper. Like the Valeri free kick against FC Dallas. Right, right. Okay, exactly. <laughs> sure. Yes. Good example. Um, but it gets just a little bit of that downswerve, and that's, it's just beautiful. And it's sort of one of those crystallizing moments of, it, it, the circumstances all align to make it work, you know, because it, it, you know, you could totally see him if he hit that, it could have gone flying over the top of the crossbar, but it doesn't. Right. And so it's 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 just super fun to watch over and over again from a lot of different angles. Absolutely. Um, and Krylock, we've talked about Krylock before. I'm also interested in his his transition from hmm. central midfielder to a, attacker. Make shift forward. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> I have not heard. I should go see if there's been interviews with him. I, you know, I'm, I'm realizing now, like to talk about this process. But obviously, players go through in their careers. They change positions. Guys will start as forwards. They end up as center backs. You know, there's there's a lot of of changes. Um, it, it, is that transition? Do you think a lot of the, obviously it's dictated by circumstance a lot of times? Do you think sometimes that's dictated by a coach seeing something that other coaches didn't see in a player? Um, or, or is it the player changing in a way that maybe reveals this as a possibility? It's a good question, Steve. I, I think um, a lot of it comes down to the the needs of of the coach and the needs of the system. Um, now, Real Salt Lake, whilst they've got the MLS Rookie of the Year in Corey Baird as a centre forwards, but he's mainly played um, either side of the forward in a wide position every time I've seen him play anyway. Um, Real Salt Lake haven't really had a centre-forward this year, mm -hmm. for whatever reason that is. So with the way they like to play, they, they needed a big man up top. And Krylak was the biggest man. Now, Krylak has played central midfield, holding midfield the majority of his career, particularly over the last couple of years for Union Berlin as well in the, the Bundesliga 2. Um, 
this has been his most successful goal-scoring season ever in his career, throughout a, a single season, obviously. And um, I, I just think, you know, once you know what your role is and you start training in that role, obviously you, you, you assume you're going to get better at it. Um, you know, this is going to go. This is going to die down at some stage. There's no way that he's going to be the first choice centre forward next season. It wouldn't surprise me if we see him a little deeper next year. Sure. Um, but right now, he's doing the business, and and why would you change it? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to me because I guess you know, I guess the thing is, is that just about any player you see out there playing at a professional level has probably played several different positions. Many of them have probably played striker at some point in their careers, you know, because just based on the fact that as a player is coming up, you know, you're talking about like, you know, your youth teams or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. Those guys who are going to go on to become professionals are probably at a young age, the best, generally speaking. And you want those guys to be the strikers. And then as they have to do other stuff, they, you know, you find out that this kid can also distribute. And so Mm -hmm. that becomes very, that that becomes a different important thing later on. So I wouldn't be surprised to find out Krylock has played, you know, forward at some point before this. Um, It'll be interesting to me to see, you know, I mean, obviously we've seen he's good at, at, at playing that role in this system. Um, The extent to which his skills as a center mid have helped him in that role. And then the Mm -hmm. extent to which, if he moves back to that center mid role, how being getting some of this time at center forward has helped him, evolve that center mid role as well. Some some players blossom in a different position later in their career as well. Krylak's yeah. in his early 30s. Yeah. And, you know, as you say, quite rightly, he, he may have played it at youth level. He may have played it um, in certain other situations. Uh, but I can't imagine any of them would have been in a, an important league game. I can't imagine any of them, any right. of the games he yeah. would have played and would have been as important as, as this game was against LAFC for the knockout round, you know. Yeah. Um, so the, there's there's obviously a certain element of trust that Mike Petke has. Mm-hmm. Whatever he has asked Krylak to do, he's done it in the way that, that Petke wants him to do it. So we'll see. As I said, Steve, I, I, this is a short-term fix for, for Real Salt Lake, but but let's enjoy it while it's, yeah. while it's happening because I, I don't think he'll be there next season in terms of playing centre-forward. Sure. Um, while we're talking about highlight goals, uh, just for a moment, uh, let's. have you looked at the 2018 Goal of the Year candidates? Yes. Okay. Your, your feeling. Ooh, wow. Let's First of all, let's say Darwin's is great. Yes. Uh, as he dribbles through. Uh, he scored better, though. I think, th- okay, <clears throat> let me run out the parameters of how I feel about goal of the year. <laughs> Some of these candidates are, are more candidates for uh, play of the year, perhaps. Like, I think that uh, Acosta's goal uh, off of Rooney's assist as a complete soccer experience is like, that's like play of the year, yes. perhaps assist of the year. Yes. Lucho's header is great, but the goal, the, 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 the actual moment of the goal is not necessarily spectacular. Um, outside, it, I think the moment was, but the execution the moment, of it. Right, 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 right. Okay. Sorry. I, the moment, because of when it is, it's in stoppage time. All, you know, that all comes together. Uh, some of these other ones, I would say Darwin's is almost, again, the, the finish is nice, but a lot of what's great about it is dribbling through the, the defense, up. which is not really the goal to me. That's mm. like, so in some sense, I feel like that's that's maybe not the one. Um, all right, give me your feeling now. So, as I said, so for me, Darwin has, has scored better goals. The the first goal against Toronto with the outside of the right boot when it curls yeah. in. I mean, I went 
absolutely wild. And the, the third goal of that hat trick. And the third goal of the hat trick was ridiculous as well. So, but that also that also has a moment element to it because it was the third goal of a hat trick, which right. gave it an extra boost. Right. Like trying to strip. I'm trying to strip out a little bit of that and just try to focus on literally the finish. The finish and the technique. To me. To okay. me, that's what I think of as for goal of the year. So if we're going to go with... Like David Villas from last year, right? Like right, that was, right. it had nothing to do, the moment, whatever. It was just, it was just such a cheeky shot. <laughs> oh, well, well if, if we're going to go off of this, it still doesn't change my, my view on, on which goal should win it. Okay. For me, the Zlatan Ibrahimovic goal against Toronto FC to get his 500th goal. Yeah. I, I mean, just so unusual yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, this is the karate kick. It's sort of its own karate kick. The original kick. karate kick. Yeah, yes, but, but it wasn't the crane kick. It wasn't the karate kick. This was more like the Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, roundhouse <laughs> kick. Yeah. Roundhouse. There yes. we go. Yeah. Uh, just the, the way that, that the... So, again, I'm going to call it unusual, and I'm by no means am I comparing it to Krylak's goal. It, it's so much better in so many ways. Because the ball comes from mid-flight, it's behind him... And he has to perfectly execute yeah. the swing of the right foot yeah. under pressure and hit it first time and beat a, a good goalkeeper as well at the near post. For me, it's, a, that, that is absolutely ridiculous. That, yeah. that, that is one of the most iconic goals I've ever seen in my life. However, a very close second is Latan's goal against LAFC. His first, his first goal. Because yeah, that was, insane. for me, Steve... I don't. I don't support LA Galaxy. I want MLS to do well. Yeah. And I remember that game being on Big Fox Television. Yep. The first ever LA derby. Zlatan comes off the bench, and everyone's thinking, right, okay, he he needs to make the stage his own now, and of course he does it within minutes. Yeah. But to do it like that. Yeah. When the ball is bouncing, oh so invitingly. But from 35 yards, yeah. he catches the keeper off his line. Keeper's positioning is fine for me, by the way. The ball's yeah. 35 yards out. Yeah. And he's absolutely driven through the ball. Yeah. And th there's a great angle um, of the goal when the camera is behind the goal. And you can see the ball swerving inwards. It, it, it is absolutely ridiculous. So for, for me, and I remember... As I said, I don't, I don't support the Galaxy, but I was watching the game because it was the early game at home before we had to go to, to our game. Yeah, I was doing dishes. I remember very well. I had it on my computer. It, it was unreal. I, I remember yeah. jumping up from my couch going, oh, my <laughs> word. Yeah. And just thinking to myself, what a moment this is for Major League Soccer because yeah. it got the Galaxy back into the game. It got people more interested in the game because I think the LA were, were leading, was it 3-0 at that time? I, I can't remember. They, they were leading comfortably. Yeah. So yes, Zlatan, that was the start of the comeback. So, Zlatan yes. came in. Instantly, people are more interested. He scores a goal like that, so more eyeballs go on it. Yeah. And then he goes and scores the equalising goal and you know, all that kind of stuff. But for me, that, that was, that's more of a moment. Yeah. But what a moment it was. Yeah, that was tough. And plus, you know, he, that was his... Uh, the, he also... The, the, the karate kick, the roundhouse goal, was also his... What was the... 500. That's yes. right. I, I was trying to remember if it was that. Yeah, 500th goal. So that also had a moment element to it. But I think just as a pure moment of, of, of scoring prowess... 
that's got to be it. Um, but yeah, I do remember that first goal for him. I definitely remember. I was, I think, I was just standing at the sink, like holding soapy dishes, just <laughs> waiting for the waiting for the replay. I couldn't jump up and throw things because I don't want to break my dishes. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think it's. I think play of the year is the 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 Rooney to Acosta. Mm-hmm. But that goal of the year is uh, is 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 Latans right there. All right, let's talk a little bit about the conference semis, the first leg. Um, it was it was good. Everybody is everybody is in this. There's not really nobody got blown out to the yep. extent that this is unrecoverable, which is good. It's good to have a second leg that is is going to mean things. Um, let's start. This is in no particular order. Um, let's start. I want to talk about Atlanta. <laughs> Gritted out a one zero win. Um, I thought Matt Matt Doyle had a great uh, little bit tidbit here on Tata, who's obviously on his way out as manager after this year. Um, but he's so Doyle wrote: being a great manager requires a defined system you can induce your players to execute with effort and precision. Mm-hmm. That's sort of that's the way that Atlanta yeah. has always been. Tata's got that. Being a winning manager requires a certain level of moral flexibility when it comes to the ideals apparent in your system. Are you willing to compromise them in the moment in order to achieve an ugly result? And that's that's what he did. You know that. He, and I think that is that's an underrated element of being a good manager, mm-hmm. which is not simply. I think it, it, bad managers don't don't have an identity, right? Uh, a good manager develops a way they want to play and understands the players they need in order to execute that game plan. But there's another level beyond that, which is to see what the game is offering you and then be able to get your players to buy into that and switch what they do and do something kind of ugly and gritty, which is what they did to get yep. that 1-0 win. Yeah, and look, I, I, I agree with Matt Doyle's take there. Um, what I will say is, well, you've got to have the players to do it. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt having really good players, obviously. Atlanta, yes. I mean, look, for me, I think I might have said last week um, that Atlanta Sporting are going to be in the final. And um, for, for me, I, I think I said earlier on, Sporting are the most organized team. But for me, Atlanta, I, I just can't look past them, Steve. I just simply can't look past them. And, yeah. and you know, with Miguel Amaron coming back into the fray as well, I mean, for me, he's so important to them. Yeah. Well, you saw that. I mean, he was only he only played the first half. Yep. Um, but very important yeah, in that I, first half. So. I, I just, he, he's such a difference maker. Um, they, they've addressed the, the sitting midfield issue that they had themselves with um, Eric Remedy coming in from Argentina. Obviously, he got the goal as well. Um, yeah. Perhaps the most least spectacular goal of the uh, of the entirety of the playoffs so far, but hey, they all yes. count. Yes. It was very befitting of the game, actually. As you mentioned, it was ugly, it was scrappy. Um, I think New York City FC, I think they 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 did what they could to stop Atlanta in their rhythm, mm-hmm. and then this is when Atlanta adapted because I think Atlanta. Yeah. I don't think Atlanta came in thinking we want this game to go like this. No, right. I'm sure they came in wanting to play their game. Exactly. Right? So. But as soon as NYCFC played the way that they did and they disrupted the rhythm and tried to hit them on the counter-attack, Atlanta had to adapt. And and for me, Atlanta, they, they, they are so good at adapting to situations. And for me, I, 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 as I said, I just can't look past them, Steve. I, I really, really can't. And... You know, even when they scored the first goal, which was offside, you know, sometimes momentum then shifts the other way, but they, yeah. they kept it, you know, and um, I, I just, it, it was such a, a nitty gritty game, especially as well because of the size of the field at Yankee Stadium as well. Right. It, it's not, it doesn't allow you to play this this wide, fast, expansive football that a lot of people want to play, and, and, and particularly that Atlanta United want to play. So, you know, Tata Martino 
changed it, and, and he did um, he did the right thing to get Atlanta the result. And and look, New York City now have a gargantuan task at their disposal going to Atlanta because. There aren't many people that win there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's going to be tough for them. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about, about a little bit about Iguain, uh, <laughs> who looked fantastic. Yep. Um, both both rounds so far, and the knockout round and the and and the um, the first leg. Here. Yes. Um, older older guy, mm-hmm. you know, Pipa, right? Like yep. he's he's getting up there, um, but obviously feeling it right now. Um, looking, yeah. look, looking good out there. That little cheeky back heel over for, for the goal was was fantastic. He always seems to deliver in the postseason. Yeah, the the game against DC was oh my god, <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Wasn't was that it? where he had that dummy? Uh, was that the was that yeah, the game? Yeah, just, but just the, the entirety of the, the game itself was just ridiculous, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, you know, um, to to get the better of a DC side that were riding this humongous wave of momentum. Yeah, I had D- again. Fields. I think I said last week DC was my like dark horse pick to go all the yeah, way. But your so, bracket's yeah. really bugging. Oh, isn't it's totally, it? yeah. totally ruined. Forget it. It's totally ruined. Unless um, SKC pull it out in the end, then I got, I've got nothing. So, um, but the 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 game against the Red Bulls, who let's not forget, have had the best season in the history of Major League yeah. Soccer from a points yeah. gained perspective. I thought Columbus were about as professional as they could be. I thought Berhalter was very smart in in resting Iguain for the opening 45 minutes. Now, that could have very easily backfired, mm-hmm. but it was a lot more defensive in the first 45 minutes sure, in Columbus sure. crew. Yeah, we've seen it. I mean, that's sort of what happened with it, some of some of the games that Minnesota United have played, where, mm. you know, we played Portland. They were resting, uh, you know, Diego Chara and, and guys like that who came in in the second half and nearly got them the win at TCF Bank Stadium. You know, so, the, you know, the strategy of sort of trying to hold back a little bit and then and then pour on can be can be can definitely backfire. Yeah, and, and it worked for the crew. Zardes with a, a really good finish and, and, as you mentioned, assisted by Higuain. Yeah. Um, the build-up play was really good as well, but we, we can't talk about this game and not mention Zach Steffen because yes. an absolutely outrageous save at the end to deny Bradley Wright Phillips, who, who was a shadow of, of his usual self because he yeah. was so well marked. Yes. I think the Red Bulls were really restricted well by the crew. They, the, the crew knew they had to win that game because mm-hmm. you go on a Red Bull arena next and, and that's a very difficult place to play. Um, However, I think the I think the Red Bulls will take this result because it's one. They yeah. know they they know that they can score a couple of goals at, at Red Bull Arena. They, yeah. they they know they can. So, um, not the not completely catastrophic for the Red Bulls. But well done to Columbus. Um, and uh, as I said, a tremendous save at the end by Zach Steffen as well. Yeah. Uh, I also want to call out uh, Milton Valenzuela, who who had a, a part in that build-up play yep. uh, for that final goal. Uh, noted that uh, I saw the tw- the that Valenzuela, who's twenty. He's only 20. He led Columbus in touches with 76, key passes to, and final third entries with 12. And that's and he's your a left back. He's a left back. So um, that's a good look. Yes. Uh, I like I like that guy a lot. Modern day left back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go back to Real Salt Lake. Uh, I want to. Is this your goal of the of the playoffs so far? <laughs> no, that, it's not. It's not. But but it. it I mean, it's in the conversation. That for interplay sure. between uh, Rushnak and Krylock was just. I I watched it several times. And maybe this is where you see Crylock as a center mid being uh, adding a little something, you know, there. Because I think that sense of when when Rushnak uh, sort of lobbed it up to Crylock and then started running, mm. Crylock saw that run and, and tapped it back to him. And then that absolute bullet to the back of the net with Rushnak was just fantastic. It's one of them, and it when it hits the back of the net, you go, ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was just and the 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 sort of 
telepathy in that moment is what really got me is Crylock mm. just sort of heading it back down right into Rushnak's path as he ran in. It looked like, I mean, it looked like the closest I've seen to sort of an alley-oop, like, uh, like give and go. Right. Uh, where you throw it to somebody and then they start running and the other guy just throws it up and he dunks it in. It looked, that's what the tempo and the rhythm of it felt like to me. Well, actually, um, disagree, Steve, in terms of what Krylak's role is there, because I think that's a perfect target centre forward, what he's just done. Okay, there. yeah, sure. Because he's he's chested it down, yeah. he's put it into the path of the player just behind him. You know, how many times have we seen this with Rodriguez and, and Quintero over the last couple of games, you know, and, yeah. and it's going to be something that we, in my opinion, will see a lot next season. So, sure. for me... Um, yeah, you might have a point. You know, so I, I, I just think, uh, look, <laughs> Krylak's finish was wonderful just absolutely ridiculous and it's 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 beaten a fine goalkeeper in Tim Melia as yeah. well he has hit that as hard as he could but I love the technique and you know he, do, he does all the things you're supposed to do right in terms of leaning to the left slightly so you know you're not approaching it straight on so it goes up into Rosette or whatever you're leaning to the left so you can hit across it and, and it's going to go into the corner it's going to go away from the goalkeeper as well it was absolutely right. perfection from Rishnak but it's still in my opinion not the goal of the playoffs right, so far. Okay, let's have at it. What, what's Valeri, the Valeri free kick against Dallas. All right, okay, so you may, all right, okay. Yeah. That is absolutely outrageous. Yeah. And Valeri, for me, has been the player of the playoffs so far as well because, uh, you know, transitioning over to Portland-Seattle, the impact that he had on that game was, was obvious mm -hmm. and, and very, very notable. Valeri, for me, has, has always delivered in the postseason. You know, the reigning MLS MVP, what was it, 22 goals last year from, yeah. from a, an attacking midfield position, is unreal. I think this year, the Timbers have struggled to find um, a scoring source as pure as that because they haven't had the outlet that they did last season up front. Right. So Fernando Adi obviously went to FC Cincinnati. He, he you know, allegedly wanted a move and whatnot, wanted a, a new change of scenery and all that kind of stuff. Armenteros has a handful of goals, eight or nine, I think. Like he's had a good season. Yeah, but he's he, had a, not... he had a good run, and then he's right, and then he's sort so. of fallen off. He had yeah. a couple of little niggling injuries as well. Yeah, but the new outlet seems to be Jeremy Ibobise. Yeah, um, Ibobise is. I'm going to say his name right. Ibobise. Ibobise. <laughs> I heard it pronounced two different ways. Uh, yeah, me too. So I keep getting caught with it. And Ibobise. 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 I feel it, but well, if I'm just an American, what do I say? Ibobasi? So he's in the correct Ibo way. Ibo Ibo <laughs> but you got an accent. I'm trying to put... Ibobasi. Ibobasi or Ibobasi? Ibobasi. Ibobasi. Yes. Ibobasi. <laughs> is, is that a British thing? Jeremy Ibobasi. Well, no, I just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like when you hear... Okay, so I've been watching the Great British Baking Show, the Great British Bake Off. Right. Um, and there's a woman on there who is Russian but uh, grew up in England. So she has like Russian accented British English, which is sort of confusing to listen to. Chaotic. Yeah, sure. you know, so it's like, because I hear a little <laughs> Russian accent, but then some of the words she says with the British accent. So. Okay. Well, what I will say is. Ibobise. 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 It's not an accent, it's his name. <laughs> no, 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 no. I hear, but you're, uh, there's a way to pronounce his name, and then you. I mean, okay, so, like, the, we've talked about this before. I pronounce aluminum, aluminum. You pronounce it. Right, aluminium, yeah, aluminium, but, but, right, right, which, right. Okay, which, so so those are different pronunciations. The accent cannot be separated from it. Oh, right, so. correct. But this is his name. There's only one way to say his name, and it's. It, I think I've had this debate with you before as well. What kills me is people still say Miguel Almiron. Right. It's Almiron. 
It always has been and always will be Miguel Almiron. If you go back and look at tape from him playing in Argentina, the commentators aren't saying Almiron. If you you listen to him say his name, he doesn't say Almiron, it's just Almiron. You don't say LeBron when talking about LeBron. LeBron. So what do you do with the O? I'm I'm going to say LeBron James. (laughs) So sorry, I'm getting way too fired up about this. But as a commentator, these things bug the crap out of me. And, you know, anyway, so Ibobasi. He's been wonderful. That guy. Yes. <laughs> Jeremy. I'm just going to call him Jeremy. There Jeremy. we go. <laughs> Big Jez. He, um, <laughs> he's been great. He's been a tremendous outlet over the last couple of, uh, couple of weeks. Unexpected. I, didn't think, I don't think people thought he would be uh, as effective as he has been. He, he struggled to, to get in to the Timbers' first team over the last 18 months or so. Remember, he was drafted um, after Abu Dhabi. I think he went seventh pick in the 2017 draft. Mm-hmm. So... Um, um, but what he's done is, is he's, he's given Valeri an outlet, and that was evident against the Sounders. Lovely, delicious ball through from Valeri and, and any forward in the world. If you're not finishing that, well, <laughs> you've got your own problems. <laughs> right. So um, Valeri, for me, Steve, going back to the original point, has, has so far been the MVP of the playoffs. And, and look, I mean, I don't expect that to change. He, he's always had a tremendous uh, effect on, on the Timbers, particularly in the postseason. Bobasi. <laughs> Bobasi. All right. Uh, are there any other are any other matchups right now going on with the, this first leg that you want to? We, you know, we we touched on Portland and Seattle. Is there any, anybody else you want to touch on? I I was glad to see SKC got that got the draw. Yep. And now heading back to Children's Mercy Park, where which is a very good yeah. Home, I mean, field for it, them, it's so. a big big job for for Real Salt Lake heading to Kansas City. The atmosphere there, as as you've seen, is is wonderful. They are so effective at home. They're so well organized, and and as we've said last week, I. I, look, I'm happy to be wrong. This is the playoffs. Anything can happen, but I, I just can't see RSL getting anything there. Yeah. Okay. Any any other matchups you want to touch on? Anything you saw that you want to uh, you want to bring up? I feel like you're leaning towards something. I'm not. That's the end of my notes. <laughs> I just took notes on the couple of things that I found interesting. So I just wanted to make sure you had the chance. If you don't, that's okay. I, I mean, there's no secret. This is not. <laughs> I'm not going to say like, oh well, you're the professional commentator. You forgot about yeah. this. No, I, de- I I don't. I don't have that. I swear. This is um, not a trap. <laughs> no, I. Um, what what I will say is that just um, first of all, obviously today, go and vote. Oh <laughs> yes, thank you. Go, go and, and vote. vote. I don't know if this is going to come out until tomorrow, but okay. Well, if you're listening to this tomorrow, I hope you voted. I hope you voted. I've got my sticker on right now. You do, yeah. Well done. I still can't vote. I'm not an American citizen. Uh, right, we, I, sh- we, we I shouldn't have this. that responsibility. That's okay. fine. You know, I shouldn't have that the same opportunity. Um, just watch the playoffs. So Thursday. At 9.30 Central, it's the Sounders at home to the Timbers, which is always a good game. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Sounders now have to force the issue, being 2-1 down from the first leg. So, uh, at Centrelink Field, they always have 60,000-plus, so that's going to be a great advertisement for the league. So, watch that on Thursday. And then Sunday, there's a triple header. Yeah. So, uh, again, I, I have said a lot of times, if you want this league to grow, you have to watch it or you have to go to the games. Yeah. So, now... We've got a triple header on Sunday. I, I, I don't expect everyone to sit down all day and watch the games, but, yeah, you know, watch, watch the league. This is your league. Watch the league. I'll, maybe I'll try to make a point this week. Uh, you know, I expect some people are going to be watching on Thursday. Uh, I definitely, that's definitely one I want to try to highlight, trying to, like, circle and make sure I catch that one. We um, shall. We shall make a point of watching it on Thursday evening. Yes, we'll be there. Yes, we will. Yes. All right, so, uh, and then Sunday, maybe I can carve out some time in the afternoon, convince my kids to watch. Um, you know, my, my oldest isn't, she enjoys soccer. Uh, she, 
the scoring is a little low for her because she likes to, when we watch basketball, she mm-hmm. just notes how the score is changing. Yep. And then she'll leave and come back and be like, it's still 0-0? I'm like, <laughs> all right, you American. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> no, sorry. If a goal was worth six points, we right. wouldn't be having this conversation. Be like, you got to appreciate the, the movement. Look at how they set it. She did stop listening to me by that. <laughs> She's on to more Harry Potter Legos. There all right. Go. Uh, thanks for joining us for the 35th. I think this is th- there's a 36 now. This is what happens when you don't do a great job editing your notes. This, but this, this is the thirty-fifth. I think I really? changed. Wow, it. I think it is. It's the last. One. By the way, so I, I, I meant oh, to. Yes. I meant to say sorry. Make um, an you, Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm heading back to England uh, on Monday, so yes. uh, I, I hope you'll, you'll be okay. I'm how, sure you will. How long are you going to be gone for? I can't remember. A couple of weeks, I think. Oh, so yes. I'm going to go and pick up my, my wife. Um, and, and move her here. Okay, well, that's <laughs> Which good. Which is going to be great. That I'm very good. excited for yes. that. Um, I'm also very excited. Uh, I'm uh, extremely thankful to a couple of people at the, the FA, Football Association in England, who have um, sorted myself and a few others out with some tickets to England against the USA. Oh, nice. So I'm very much looking forward to that. It's going to be, my wife is American, for those who don't know, so it's going to be carnage in the Williams household. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a bloodbath. We'll... Uh... We'll have to get your impressions on that when you when you yep, come back. So. Absolutely, and and you know if there's any people listening who are who are going uh, to that game, you know, be great to see everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's a big big contingent going out. A lot of people from Major League Soccer are going out as well, and sure. um, a lot of ex colleagues that that I keep in touch with. I'm going to go and have a, a beer or two with after the game. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, Steve. That's going to be really really good. Looking forward to seeing the US and and the. The new wave of talent they have coming through, yeah. and also it's going to be a, a goodbye to Wayne Rooney as well, which I only learnt yesterday. Right. The, the FA announced that he's going to be making his 120th and his final cap for the national team. So that's going to be special to be there for sure. Yeah. So so next week I'll just say I'm your host Steve McPherson. With me is Callum Williams, and then I'll just cry. <laughs> so I'll just sob softly for the for the next 30 minutes. That'll be good. Um, It'll be fun. All right, so thanks for joining us for the 35th Sound of the Loons podcast. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes, or at the very least, a five-star rating. You can follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. You can follow Cal Williams at CalWilliams.com and me at Steve Entris. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are. <laughs>